Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast. My name's Sean McDuff and I'll be your host as always. Joining me tonight to talk through busy week. Uh, Rangers always seems to be a busy week. But first of all, it's Graham Curry. Graham, how are you doing? Hi, good Colin. Good to be here again. Been a few weeks uh, break for me, but I'm delighted. First, I've been on since uh, Gio's been appointed, actually. So it's been a good few weeks. So talk us through that. How's um, how's life under Gio been for you, mate? Fantastic. I really good start. Promising. I was pleased with the appointment. First of all, it was a really good appointment. Progressive manager. I could well. From what I've read about him, what I'd seen about his teams, if I've watched, he was looking as if he was going to be a an attacking manager, and it seems as if that is what he's going to be. That's the way he's set out. So, very promising start. Ryan, one may continue. Making it a trail tonight, we have a gallant few debutant um, joining us all the way for the big smoke. Mason, Mason, welcome to the podcast, mate. Hi, Colin. Thanks for thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate it. Um, looking forward to tonight. Um, just a little bit, of, tell you words a little bit about myself. Um, based in Essex, um, lived here my whole life. But my dad's Glaswegian, so he's mad Rangers fan. And we had uh, me and my brother had no twist <laughs> to, to follow the famous. So uh, now looking forward to it. You and I were talking off earlier last week, um, and I think your testament just to how you know. <laughs> See, when you're stuck in Glasgow, you don't, you're stuck in this wee bubble, you don't quite realise um, the amount of supporters clubs and the amount of fans that follow Rangers week in, week out in all corners of the world. Um, there's quite a few years that gather in a Rangers pub down south, didn't there? Yeah, um, so we started going to the Green Man in Islington. So if anyone listening is in London, get yourself there. What's a booze It's brilliant. We went. Me and my brother went there last week for the Dundee game at three o'clock on the Saturday. We went. We we went to the Hibs game as well a couple of weeks before. We, we won't talk about that. But the Dundee game was um, 
I was bouncing. It was brilliant. The tunes were on. I was wicked. And you just, you're right. It just like, we are massive. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, we just, people that roll in the pub in, from in, in London, in Islington, and, uh, you know, Rangers tops everywhere. It's brilliant. Um, but yeah, anyone in London definitely recommend that, that pub. I can second that. I was actually in there about two months ago for a game. Uh, it was a European game I was doing in London for work. And I was searching about where to find a London bar and, that was actually the one I ended up in. I don't know if I found it through Follow Follow or, or how I managed to find it, but um, yeah, it was one of the early UEFA Cup games and it was a really good atmosphere in the pub. It must have been a recommendation because you don't see a pub called the Green Man and think, fuck, that's a Rangers pub. Well, I didn't did want to mention that, but yeah, that, I, I, have asked the, I have asked the owner to get the name changed, but uh, <laughs> I don't think it's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> Baby steps, we'll get there, we'll get there. You've just given a shout out in the podcast, so maybe uh, that buys you a bit of good favour. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, um, big week for Rangers, as I said. We'll start on Sunday where we travel to Tynecastle to face Hearts in the league. Typically a tough tie for Rangers um, in recent years and... It's always a always a game where Hearts are quite scientific. Um, I always remember that. Graham, we'll start with you. Um, I think in this game, he started as how we all expected it. Big atmosphere, high tempo, Hearts coming out of the taps and having a go at the Rangers. They certainly did. And they caught us out very early doors. Um, big boy at the tap for the centre half. Cut us wide open. I don't know what defenders were miles apart, two centre halves for Far too far apart, a ball over the top, shouldn't really be beating us, but um, felt with boys. Boys didn't have a, a really great first touch and we managed to get back in and recover it. Um, it was actually a fantastic save. I mean, I say it's a recovery, it was an absolutely fantastic save. The boys just tried to lob McGregor and the acrobaticness, or the acrobaticness, if that's a word. Um, the acrobaticness of McGregor was incredible, so he just managed to tip it out of the bar. Um, but I it was a really, a really fast paced start, and and you expect that for Hearts because they were, they were, you know, near the top of the league, and they're, they're definitely playing a lot better football than they have in the last few seasons, anyway. Just on McGregor, then, as we go through the games, I do want to touch on, on certain players at certain points, but. I think I think I made the point a few weeks ago, and um, Mason, you'll tend to find us find this. I'll make a point a podcast, and a few weeks later, I'll call out that I've made an asset by Tom Fish. But I made the point that uh, maybe with McGregor it was going to be impossible to hit the heights of last year, and I think maybe it was it was going to struggle for consistency, or maybe McLaughlin was maybe going to ease start. Given a proper challenge in the last few games, McGregor has been back his best. Eh? Yeah, I, I, not just McGregor. I, I think this has been. I think it's been the, the whole the whole team. I think that, but obviously McGregor save not just that save, but saves a lot of saves on the top top draw. But I, I think you just see McGregor shouting at people again. Do you know what I mean? And, and you see the defend the uh, goalson as well, who's been criticised for his performances this season. I thought he was brilliant Sunday. Um, I think he's just going back to basics. And I see, as I said, McGregor shouting at people and having a guy at a ref. I think that's when you get the best out of it. Um, but I, I, I disagreed with a few people that said he was he was done. I, I think I think this is deeper. I think this was a Gerard issue, to be honest. I think I've, I've, I'll hopefully stand by by the end of the season. But I think getting Van Bronckhorst when we did was the best thing we could have done. 
it's definitely galvanised the team, and I think I think everybody knew looking at Rangers' performances this season, we were playing below par, playing much below where this where this team were capable of, and we knew we needed a spark. Whether that came fair, so somebody standing up and having a good performance or the team clicking, uh, it turns out the spark was a change of manager. But I think you can tell. I, I totally agree with you. It's what helping galvanised them does that kind of Russian hunger. Back again. Uh, Graham, you mentioned the ball over the top, so Mason rightly so pointed out Golson had a good game on Sunday and he's really getting quite a bit of praise um, when we discuss the goals. But it's an absolute enigma. See for someone who's, who executes that long ball <laughs> up the pitch so well, surely he knows how to fucking defend it. That's... <laughs> but did we get caught out many times? I think we get caught out once I remember and that was it so it happened in the game before as well we get caught out with it but we learned for it pretty quickly and just showed up so I don't know if I'm ever being told to play a high line in the first you know maybe they're getting told play a high line in the first 10 minutes try and keep this team in don't let them out and just pressure them and maybe teams are maybe realising that and saying okay well we're just going to play, play a ball and that then forces the back four back and maybe it's just a tactic we need to be aware of or if that's going to happen, if we're going to play such a high line, we're going to need Barisic or Tav to use their pace if they're faster to, you know, to to cover us at the centre back position. And that's Colton had a good game. He, you know, Marshall did defence well. He was commanding the defence and had a lot of good blocks. So I passed marks for Goldson at the weekend. Yeah, I, I think uh, you can see a difference in the, the fullbacks as well. I think the last few games, they've not been joining the attack as as much as what they were encouraged under Gerrard. So I think that's definitely something that um, it's one of the very few small tweaks that you can see Van Brockhoff bringing in. So probably it's one of the... It seems to be a trade-off. It seems as if we're going to play an extra forward because we're yeah. playing very attacking players up front. So that just means well we've got there we've got enough firepower so we don't need we don't need you guys to be bombing forward we've got we've got enough width and we've got enough a, attacking play so that's probably the trade off. Just just on that though, I, I don't know about you watching the game Sunday but did you not think I know they had a few chances but did you not think we looked comfortable especially at two 0 there weren't ever a point where I thought oh they, these are gonna they're gonna come back into it I know we had a couple of moments but from from this season especially away at Hearts I thought we look, we look alright here defensively. So I think that change of putting an extra attacker on, I think it's actually, it's worked where it has because our results, but I think it's, it's better for us. I, I think I, I got home for me. I don't know if I'd be saying comfortable if we were only 1-0 down. I think, see, we've been a bit more clinical in recent weeks and getting that second goal early on and that definitely made that much more comfortable. But I think that um, that's just the emotion of the game. But, but you're right, I think that we always knew that even Hearts played well, credit credit too, but we always knew we were going to get chances as well. And that might, that, I'm saying, I think that's having the extra attacker, having that change of formation, knowing that we are going to get chances. Albeit we, we a few, we, we could have got three, four goals. Um, we, we were always going to get that chance. Um, they were solid though. See, in the first 10 minutes, they had about six corners. Back yeah. to back, they had about six corners. And that's where we've conceded a few goals recently. So, absolutely, we've done we've done something. I don't know if we've got a better defensive coach or somebody that's organising us a bit better, but 
Um, that was a uh, that was good to see. Everything we we, we handled for the, we managed to handle everything from those corners. You know that Hearts as well. They've not conceded the first goal at home all season, so it was no surprise really. They come out all guns blazing. I suppose, you know they had well, they had quite a lot. It's the most I've seen Tyne Castle uh, in years. So they was and you, you know when you when we go there they're going to be up for it. You know, you know and. Uh, I thought I thought we we were just as up for it, and we've got better players. So, and I think our quality, especially for the first two goals, which I'm sure we'll come on to, I think they, they were two two great goals. Yeah. Well, on to the the, the first goal actually, and there's going, going back into the. It, it's not until you actually run through the game and what happened in the game, you realise how many small tweaks have been, um, in the in the jail era. So far, so one of one of which is the wide players actually playing wide and know this in two inverted tens and inverted winners. Um, so brilliant ball uh, out to Ryan Kent in the in the byline gets by his player and a ball into the box. Graham um, goes over Morelos. Sakala does brilliant. This is Sakala is how he accelerates over that first like five to ten yards and gets gets away fair player that that. So that's terrible to defend against. Honestly, you you must be shitting yourself as a fullback and a brilliant back for Morelos. Uh, to all he has to do is get in target. Really, it was a very well worked goal. It wasn't just a. It wasn't just Kent getting by his man. The way Kent get by his man was fucking fantastic. That it just it dummied him completely without touching a ball. He just done a full one hundred and eighty pirouette and just left the guy for dead. Took off. And uh, within the, what was that? He must have had about a ten-yard run. The guy was two yards behind him by the time he got to him. So, I uh, fan, <clears throat> um, fantastic piece of play. Really, really exciting, and managed to pick a ball as well at the end of it, which is never, never easy. But the way Sakala managed to do that was just it's, it's a low centre of gravity, a nice wee touch, just a wee enough to get by the guy, and then managed to scut one about him. And no, just an aimless, it wasn't just an aimless um, ball across the, the box, the six-yard box. He looked for them, found his man and, and pulled it back really nicely. Mason, the talk about these small changes um, and it's it's probably what we've all been streaming, streaming out for. Um, and I don't, want to, I don't want to be too strict with the Gerrard's tactics because they won 55 and like, was, like on our day we were a very well-worked, organised team. But it's just a different dynamic having two, two wide players with pace. And as I said about if you're a defender up against the pace of Rankin, Bash and Sakala, you're, you know you're going to be in for a tough day. But this also allows Morelos to be a striker and not coming in deep and it looks as if all three players are, are, are taking to this very well <clears throat> No you're right look Gerard, as I said he, what he done last season what the team done last season was, was brilliant you know but that was gone for me after the two Malmo games you know that, that was forgotten um, and I think it needed it needed something different I think we're playing against teams they know it's not, not just the teams we're playing against but the players it's the same voice the same tactics and becomes easier to play against and I think we've seen that this season especially the games at Ibrox where we've dropped points I think it needed Sakala right wing it needed Kent left wing and, and uh, Morelos in the box and um, I'm, I'm happy that, that we, he went Sunday with Sakala because he, he played Hadji Hadji there I think at Easter Road and it didn't work at all for me 
he's not the type of player I'll be playing at places like Pataudry, Parkhead, um, Tyne Castle. I just think that that he got it spot on. And yeah, it was not not just the, if you watch the goal again, not just the, the cutback from Sakala, but watch Morelos' movement. He actually just stands still and the two the two uh, Hearts players drop back. So um, it's good it's good to see Morelos as well back back getting the goals because I think when if he does that, we, we, we win games. The movement, I, I love Ryan Kent's movement here. So we know Morelos is just staying and waiting for the ball to cut back. But yeah. it actually has to dive out the way of the shot. Yeah. You know, that's just that intent to, you know, run beyond in the movement and it's although it didn't make any difference um, in the end up, but it has defender had to was running backwards to catch him and just that that movement on and off the ball, it's um it's brilliant to watch, especially when it results in a goal. Yeah. I think uh, I think as well, as you say for the for the second uh, for the set we nearly score actually to Carla. He misses a great chance to make it 2-0 straight after that, just before a rebound. And uh, <clears throat> I, I, thought he, I thought he was really good, Sakala Sunday. Do, do you know what I like about him? I think, it, it, all being honest, he gets on the ball. I don't know sometimes if he knows what he's going to do. But the defender <laughs> definitely don't know what he's going to do. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's like, I, I, I think it may, it, you just, yeah, sometimes, you, like, I think the point in the second half, he comes inside of a gun instead of gun on the outside. And Kingsley, who, who actually had, is he's doing well for Hearts this season, he had, he had a nightmare against Carlos Sunday. Um, oh boy. <laughs> so, Graham, going on to the second goal then, as Mason alluded to there, I think this is up there for one of the goals of the season. Um, that that killer long ball that goes, he's been phenomenal at over the last um, um, six to 12 months. Um, and Joe Rebo just has to take all the products here. An absolute oh, fucking majestic. Touches ways like he catches it mid air, sets it up perfectly for for himself to put in a left finish. Um, William Ball even better finish, fantastic goal all in winter. Uh, it was almost a carbon copy of the the boys' chance. Bore it at the top, cuts out the two defenders, and the difference is we've got Aribo and they've got boys. Aribo's able to control that very nicely, and then the strikes no a. He's not blasted it. He's not placed it. He's he's put a powerful, controlled shot across the goalie. It was it was really um it was really clever. Um, something we need to see more of from Aribo. He's not, he gets into good positions. We just need him to get some more, more goals. Um, and and hopefully that's the start of more to come. But he's doing better than what he was last season in terms of his goals and assists. But I think we can still see more from him. And that's, uh, you know, I've been seeing a lot of chat about um, January, halfway point, you start to have a think about, OK, who's the stars of the season for uh, like for your club or for league, um, who, what's been high points, low points so far. And Mason, I, I do, I, I probably would say that, and I'm going to sound very contradictory in myself here, I, I would say that Joe Rebo would be my Rangers player this season so far but at the same time we agree with Graham you just know he's got another couple of levels he can go up and that's just that's testament to his talent I think I think that's I think most supporters will say the same and I find it I get so frustrated with Reba just for that reason I think I watch, sometimes I watch I think you could there's, there's parts in games where you don't see a Reba and I think you can do like that goal Sunday not, not many players never mind in England you know Scotland, can, definitely not Scotland can score a goal like that 
the first touch and then, as you said, the finish. He whips it in. But he's got a... Hopefully, we start seeing it under Van Bronckhorst now. Um, I, I always liked uh, Aribo on the, the right side of Gerard's uh, system. I thought that was his best posi- position under Gerard. But now, actually seeing him in this kind of number 10 position, I think it's perfect for him. And I think that he's only going to get better under Van Bronckhorst because he's only been in there for, what, four weeks, three weeks. So, I think it's exciting times for Joe Aribo. Given them that freedom, uh, because he is so talented and he can go either way and um, he can run pretty deep, he can, you know, make the long run. At, um, and I think, I think we're maybe going to see a lot more of them just because he is a natural to that role slightly because typically he has played in one of the midfield three or on the wide right. But I think, um, I think he is very well suited to the amount of freedom he gets in that role. Just on the just on the second goal as well, we see it with um, with the wingers staying wide, with um, Sakala at Kent at, and you watch the second goal back. They're they're, they're both base touch, uh, sorry, both touching the touchlines, and um, the Livingston. When we, we went to Livingston and, our, and our field made the third man run and scored, it was exactly the same. And I think it it, it if you get that from Aribo and our field, adding more goals, it takes the pressure off of your Kents, your Morelos's, and it's something this season. For me, midfielders and, and under Gerard altogether, midfielders haven't scored enough goals for me. It's been heavily relying on Morelos, Kent, Tavernier. Um, so I think this just gives us another dimension. And it opens up the defence as well. Having the guys so far wide means that the defence has to has to spread out and has to has to go and mark or at least cover cover spaces. So definitely the right thing to be doing. So only the only the second half and um well there wasn't many more goals, it was by no means a dull game. I think if you're not used to watching this game, it's it's definitely a selling point for Scottish football. Um it's a it's a grand game, um from point of view, hearts in the bar twice and you know, going back to both both goalkeepers did a great game. Uh, they really did. Um and I agree with the, the pundits that it was the two best goalkeepers of Trotland there. Um we've seen but your Rangers point of view, um um, I think we do need to. It's pleasing to see how many chances we were making, but I think the, the finishing has to be a bit better. Um, one in particular, I want to talk about Scott Arfield, and this is kind of last week. Good to see Arfield back in the fold and back at back doing the things that we signed Scott Arfield to do. You know, that runner beyond the, the striker and um, running from deep. Um, so it was good to see him getting in those positions again, but I had a chance to make it three or four, didn't I? Uh, the one that stuck it out for me, I she was Morelos. <clears throat> laid it on a plate for him. Absolutely laid it on a plate for him. Ian Morelos was just been his usual battering ram. Good to see that as well. He was just crashing through players. I think he had a shot blocked himself and then he just tried to recover possession, held off two or three guys. Didn't he go mental? Didn't he try and scaff it? Didn't he try and blast it across goal? Again, waited his moment and then picked it. Picked out Arfield to scuffed it wide when he really should have been he really should have been burying that. Um I think Morelos's reaction tells you that as well. He was not chuffed at all that he missed it. Um uh, he went he went half on one actually when, when he missed it. But good to see him getting into the positions. You know, Arfield's in the position, ten yards from goal, ready to ready to put them in. So positive signs. Tactical changes are obviously allowing that to happen. Um so yeah, we just need to see the goals coming from him now, now that he's starting to get in the positions. Mason, just on Morelos there, I think um 
you know, I think I don't don't know if this is necessarily down to the change in management because Morelos is always kind of controlled, and uh, sometimes he's you could tell mentally he wasn't he, at times over the last three four years he's not always mentally there as if he's applying himself. Um, I suppose mentally there, meaning like if he's up for the game and if he's just in his mad bastard mood, um, you know what it's like. But I, I think uh, that how he's played the last few games it has been very mature and very determined. The chance Graham was talking about there, it was very similar to the goal he showed against Dundee, just sheer determination, that battering ram, just absolute determined to get to the ball and get there first. Um, I think in the second half of the season, it's definitely the type of morality you want, especially going in the last stages of Europe. <clears throat> oh, no, 100%. I, I still think he's got a couple more games to go. I thought he had a good game Sunday. Obviously, he gets his goal. You know, he should have had, as you said, Arfield should be burying. At least he, he, set, a, he set Arfield up twice. Arfield, for me, should be scoring at least one of them. Um, but I, I still think we can get more out of Morelos. I think when you look back at him, I know everyone keeps going back to 18 months ago when, you know, when he, when he scored... Um, we beat Porto 2-0 at Ibrox and uh, he's, the two goals he scored against Feyenoord. I don't think there was many strikers in Europe, especially in that competition, that, that could that could get near him. Um, I, I, and, and he was playing on the shoulder, bullying defense, defences. You know, he sticks his arse out and <laughs> and defenders go flying. And we haven't seen that for him for, for quite a while. Um, but I, I think, I hope under um, not just Van Bronckhorst, but um, Roy Mackay as well, that we see... A different, you know, Marinos back to back to his old self. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I here's hoping that continues into the morning night. So same with you, Mason. Um, St. Johnson coming, no quite playing as well as they did last season, but kind of on their day, they've been okay this season. I think they've done no bad against us the first time we played them uh, at McDermott Park. They're always they're one of these teams that are always going to set up to try and be tough to beat for almost. And that can be quite frustrating for Rangers at home, where it's, um, it's a case of waiting and Rangers bring them down. But um, how much bother do you think that will cause us the more? Or for what you're <coughs> under Geo, are you confident we can set up the right way? Well, I think there's two ways. Two ways I'm looking at it is I looked at when Geo first came in. I looked at the, the first initial block of fixtures, and on it it had you know Livingston away, Hearts away, Hibs away, and I thought, oh, you know, him to go straight in. We've come through that flying colours and the players, and I just hope now they go and they have that same mentality, looking at the next three home games and saying, right, 
we can really, if we win the next three games, we can really put them under pressure. Um, and uh, but we know we know what we're going to get tomorrow from St Johnston. That they're they're struggling and they're, they're you know, desperate for points and they're going to make it hard for us. But I take a lot of confidence from the Dundee game a couple of weeks ago at Abrox. I thought I thought we played really well and it could have been seven or eight. Um, and I think I hope in the next sort of over the next three games that we do give someone a, a higher thing because I think it's coming um, and it'd be good if it, if we can get it tomorrow and then take us on to uh, is it St Johnston after uh, no Boston. Dundee United. Dundee United after that, isn't it? Yeah, so exactly. Johnston, uh, yeah. yeah. and then Dundee United at home. So. Yeah. So, so you know, what a chance. I think we've got a great chance um, for the next the next three games. To I, I think if we win the next three games, it will be a bigger lead than four points, put it that way. Hopefully, if one of them can turn a hide in as well. It's, I think December's always a, such a busy month. It's, oh, yeah, it's small. Like getting the wins is the most important thing, but if you can turn in good performances and you know get a few goals as well, it just keeps that momentum going. Graham, do you see any wholesale changes for the team tomorrow? No, I don't. I think Gio's going to stick with the same. I think he's finding he's 11 and I don't think he's going to tinker too much. If he's got these guys that are hungry and they're playing, then I think he's going to, I think he'll stay with, stay with what he's got. If we make changes, maybe right to come in. Quite liked what he done when he came on. Um, seems to be somebody that would suit the model that's been played. If he can be one of the wide players, I'd be happy with that. Um, but we've got options there. But no, I don't see any changes for tomorrow at all. Actually, nothing. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you as well. Um, I think, I think at least on merit, I think everybody does deserve to keep that. Um, keep their place and you know barring any injury knocks for Sunday but I don't recall any <laughs> in anything that made me worry um, I think that um, I think I think you're right I think Graham's right I think I, I wouldn't change it tomorrow I, I'd leave I'd leave it as it is um, I think maybe Scott Wright as you say I thought we had a really good game Thursday night but I don't think anyone deserves to come out from the performance on on Sunday, so I, I hope he, he sticks with it, and um, we you know we, we come out and get three points. Yeah. Davis or Hadji, maybe. There's your, there's two. I've mentioned right, so if you're going to be changing anything, it's going to be Davis in the midfield or Hadji. Um, maybe Gisa Keller a rest, but it's really difficult to say that actually because we're just blessed with opportunity, blessed with options at the moment. So. If there's going to be any changes, it'll be in the front or midfield. It's going to be Davis, Wright or Hadji. Um, but yeah, I'm quite happy if he sticks with what he's got or what he started with on Sunday. No, I think um, I think the, tomorrow or Saturday being roof maybe get a, get a start, but I don't know if you've seen the press conference today that um, better and roof and Ryan Jack to be out um, to at least after the, the winter break. Um, and, you know, it's with December being such a heavy schedule for games, um, you, you could be doing well with your best players here, but um, it is a marathon, not a sprint, I suppose. And if it means that we have these two players come back in for the business end of the season, then you just need to look at that as a positive. I don't know. I'm starting to have concerns about Jack. That's a long time to be out. Coming back out in for a week, maybe two weeks, and then back out again. It's 
It's not a promising sign at all. I think there might need to be reinforcements in the midfield to, to replace him. Um, I don't think we can rely on him for the next four months. If it's four points just now, that's going to remain at four points. Maybe Let's see, we maybe extend that into January to seven points, maybe a five-point lead. We'll need to strengthen. We'll need to get something else in that midfield. And I don't think we can... I mean, if we get Jack back and he's... He's back to full fitness. That's fan. That's great. I just don't see him getting back to full fitness this season. Because even if he is over his injuries, it's going to take him a few weeks to get back into it. Get him into his, get him into a sort of rhythm. Get him back into the team. That that all takes time. That, he's been out for too long for him just to be coming coming back in for thirty minutes and then starting on starting again at the weekend. It's it's a bit of a concern. Roof to a lesser extent. Roof seems to have the same sort of niggling injuries, but at least he's played his part, I think, in the last six months, a lot less than what Jack has. But it's really disappointing because Jack's one of the guys that you want to see. He's his fan's favourite, one of my favourites, but I just don't hold up much hope for him based on what's happened in the last year. Mason, I might be a bit glad I feel, but I think even if we can get around that being a bit part, for the rest of the season after January, I think there's still enough strength in that midfield, especially with Arfield coming back in form. And my, my criticism of Arfield has always been that it takes maybe nine, ten weeks and playing consistently to get him up to speed. The way he's up to speed, Arfield, Kamara, Davis, Onstrom, all charm at the bat. Adding Ryan Jack in for a kind of here and there, um, I think he would have his part to play. But then, if we, I, I do get the argument, if there's an injury, then he's maybe no reliable. Do you think? No, I, I agree with uh, I agree with Graham. I'm I'm worried about Jack. I think there's a there's a bigger issue there. Um, uh, uh, even as you said, even if he does get fit, you know, after the, in the international uh, the winter break, and he, he comes back, how long is it going to take for him to get fit and get back to the level he was at? You know, before he got injured last season. Um, and Lundstrom's another one as well. Um, I thought he'd done all right actually when he come on Sunday. He, you know, he's he's actually good when with you know two two three one up three nil up and, and he can come on and see games out. Um, I, I still I still I'm hoping there's more from him though. I'm hoping the second part of the season we see more from him and he adds more than just what he's giving at the minute. Um, I'm not sure if you know if he, if he's got it in him, but I would like to think you know he can play a bigger part. Because um, we're going to need everyone. It's not just you know the main eleven that, that played Sunday. It's, it, we're going to need everyone um, fit and, and firing. Um, in, you know, in the new year. Hey, one son was there. Uh, one of the players who I was concerned about. No, concerned about. Sorry, I said that again. Interested to see how he would cope with life under Gerard. Because one of Gerard's boys, um, and he he grew into the back in the deep line midfielder role. Now, don't really play with that holding midfielder as part of a three. So, does he have to adapt again? That's you know, it's a big couple of months for him as well. Yeah, is as I say with Davis as well, because you know, Davis is one that would play. You know, Kamara play, played in it Sunday, Davis plays in there, Lundstrom plays in there, Jack when he's fit. So, we're just overloaded with, with, with players that can, um, you know, play in front of the back four, number four, number six. But if we do in January, if we do. You know, at the midfield, I hope it's a, a number eight or a or a number another number ten. Um, I, I would like to see us um, try and get a, another, you know, forward-thinking midfielder in if we can. 
because um, there's a few big games um, in the new year um, and one we're just about to come Graham. We've been drawn to Borussia Dortmund and uh, I also forget what you call this, it's like the last 24 round or the playoff round for the Europa League. Um, we'll be away to Borussia Dortmund on the 17th of February and then host them at Ibrox in the 24th. So, you know, for in terms of ties, this is basically a buy-in in the next round. <laughs> That was the one team we didn't want, wasn't it? If you're looking at that draw, that's the one you wanted to avoid. They're the, the standout for me. Um, but aye, a very tough fixture. But conjures up memories of great past games and that's what the initial thing to me was, was back to 1999. Famous goal that Rodney Wallace scored that everybody's, everybody's seen a million times. It's um, when we invented ticka-ticka football. Um amount of passes we made that night just to make that goal right on the brink of half time. So yeah, I've got really, really fond memories of Borussia Dortmund games. Van Bronckhorst was in the team that night as well, played played his part in that, that amazing goal. So I'm really looking forward to the tie. I think it'll be a tough one for us though. I don't think um um I don't think we'll go much further on this tie to be honest. I think we should maybe just start to be a wee bit of realism here. But ask me again in February and I'll be telling you that we're going to beat them 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mason, it is a hard one. It's um, As much as in any competition you want to progress as far as you can, but at the same time, the, the football fan in you loves getting the, getting the elite teams. Um, so it's, where do you stand with it? Um, I'm buzzing for it personally. Yeah, no, look, you're looking forward to it, you know. It's probably the biggest, the, the, the best team we've played for me since we was in the last in the Champions League against Man United. I think I think it is, um, that'll be tough. I, I'm just surprised they finished third in their group. Well, I, I, you know, I'd see them in the draw yesterday. I just I did, forgot they finished third. And I'm like, where did they come from? But, um, no, look, I think the most important thing for us is was getting through to the, to the playoff round. We've done that. And for me, I... I, I know I shouldn't say this because we're Rangers, but I see it as two bonus games, to be honest, for the supporters and the players. We've just got to win the league this season. We've got to get ourselves in the Champions League for next season. So as much as we want to do well in the two games, I'm you know, looking forward to them. But you know, I think that, yeah, as, as Graham said, you've got to be, be realistic. It's three adults, you know, talking on a Tuesday night when the football is going. That all makes absolute sense. But I'm sure I speak for all of us when it comes to the game. We'll be we shouting the fuck take tabs or whatever. <laughs> we are making this show look good. Um, but no, the most rational of support when it comes to the actual game. So I, you know, I, I think it's only fair to call that out. Um, hold my hands up. I'll when I turn up to Ibrox on the 24th of February, regardless how the first leg goes. <laughs> I'm expecting Rangers to go through. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what though? I just hope I hope that we stay in the tie for the game with Ibrox because you know the last thing we want is is that to be a dead rubber because Ibrox will be you know brilliant that night if we can just stay in the tie. And um, there's no I way mean, off now. Yeah, so are we being too realistic? I mean, I probably say it's off in a bad tone there, but <laughs> we just went to Leon and done a job there. You know, they're they're no mugs. We on the mugs and we held our own there, took the lead there. So it proves that we can go away from home in Europe and score. So there's no reason why yeah, I'm talking myself in this to stick. <laughs> probably probably be a job here, but 
Uh, maybe we shouldn't be too too pessimistic. It all depends on how the next few weeks go. You know, next yeah. couple of months, we've got a new manager in place who's just getting his ideas in. The team are responding to it, but we might just be getting a little bit of a bounce from that. Let's see if we can consolidate that. Are we going to have we plateaued, or is he going to get his ideas across, and are we going to start developing into a really, really good team? If that's the case, then no, let's see where we are in two months' time. I think the winner break in the transfer window might come at that time because the new manager bounces are thing for everybody and eventually it does wear off uh, to some extent. But it might be the case that this is wearing off and then we have three, four weeks to kind of regroup and, and settle again and add maybe a couple of jails on players. So it might come at the absolute right time and... Dortmund might be in the Mason you're saying well do you give a team a hiding it might be Dortmund <laughs> hopefully I just hope uh, Man City get Haaland uh, this January yeah. <laughs> I feel a little bit better <laughs> but uh, oh, take any any sort of support right? but as you say January January for us I think is, is important as well um, you know I'd like to see us you know as always strengthen um, you know so it'll be I'm hoping we get another centre-half in. I, I did actually want to ask you both what you thought of John Suter at the weekend. There's been a lot of speculation. Um, is that is he someone you'd both like to see us get? Or I, I like Suter as a player, but I just don't see him... I don't see him being better than Golden or Hollander. And he's maybe the potential to be a bit better than Balogun, um, you know, with a lot of work. But right now, I don't see him being... Better than mid three centre halves, and I think on form, Bassi, um, Bassi surely is a comfortable option there. So he's, I don't know, I don't think he improved. That's what, what about yourself, Graham? No, I wouldn't be taking him. Got a lot of history with centre halves with dodgy knees and Rangers. It doesn't always work out well for us when we sign a guy like that. Um, he's coming back for a double cruciate, I think, uh, and maybe failed. I think. I'm sure that he's done his cruciate, came back and done it again. So, no, it's not a player that I'd be taking any sort of gamble on. And no, he doesn't improve us. Based on what I've seen from him, he's not going to improve us. He's, uh, he would be a third, fourth, fifth choice centre-half for us. I'd rather see somebody coming through the ranks and being promoted through the youth rather than taking a gamble on a, a decent... Scottish centre half, more than decent. What do you, what do you think, Mason? Do you think that we do need a set, uh, another centre half in January? Are you, or is this dependent on the the golden debate? I, I, I think we need one. Yeah, I, I think we need one. I, I'll be honest, I'm not. I mean, Jack, where's Jack Simpson? You know, what I mean, he's not been in the squad for for ages, and I don't think he's good enough either. You know, nothing against him. I just I don't think he's a Rangers centre half. Um, um, Halanda, you know, he, uh, hopefully he gets back quick because um, I think he's he's the best centre half in the country for me. But he's, um, you know, it, it might take him a while to get fit again. Um, Balogun's good um, coming in certain games, put him in, you know, the team for four or five. He picks up a knock as well. So I think we definitely need a, another centre half, and and that's without going into what you know, Goldson's contract situation. Um, if he hasn't signed a contract in the next couple of weeks and a bid comes you know a couple of million comes in I think we've got to take it to be honest um, but then it comes on to who, who, who you're getting you know as good as Goldson in January um, but that's another question Scouting Network comes in 
mean, that's when he starts to look at the Dutch under twenty ones or something. That's when we start having a maybe no under twenty ones, but somebody who's progressed through an under twenty ones and not yet went into the full national side. But yeah, that's when we maybe see one of his players coming in. That's where we'll, we'll probably strengthen. What I take confidence from is uh, any sort of scouting network or thoughts of feeling on players that Gio has, that's just adding on to a very robust system that we already have in place. Um, you know, It's only the, the first team coaching staff that have left. The whole infrastructure of the football department still remains. And with that, the you know, the 100-player shortlist for which plans for every eventuality, two or three players for every position. So I think um, Gio's, Gio and his, uh, his coaching staff, they're just adding to that and maybe adding a different point of view or a different, or a different player. So I think if we do strengthen, I don't think we'll be short of realistic options. No, I agree. I, I, as well, I think we're going into a market that we haven't gone in for years. Do you know what I mean? Because we've had, you know, managers that have, have always shopped mainly in England. I think it, it a market we should be looking at. I was desperate for us to sign Joey Learman in the summer. Um, desperate, um, not just because I picked up on it. Someone that I watched quite a lot, and I think I think he's going to get a big move to him. But I think that market you can find players for us. We can get in cheap and we can sell them on for for big money. But they're good players as well. Do you know what I mean? So um, I think it's exciting. Exciting times ahead. The future's bright. Dot dot dot. I cracked that joke a few weeks ago. So, <laughs> but I think that's a as good a time as any to wrap up for the week, gents. Uh, but before we do, as always, big game ahead tomorrow. I'm going to press you for your predictions. So, Graham, kick us off. How's the Rangers game going to go? Maybe I want to keep the zero. Did you make that joke last week? Oh no, we had a holiday last week. Remember? That's... Oh, okay. Well, we're going to keep the zero. And it'll be 4 now. Are you writing that down? Aye. <laughs> you actually take notes for your kit in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I mean, you should see my betting slips the last four or five weeks. I need all the help I can get. So, Mason, what am I saying? A five on? Give me a prediction. I'm going 3 0. 3 0. That's. I'll take a. Okay, I, I, I think we'll keep the zero, so I'll go five now because it won't be one or two. I think, but I think St Johnston will be the team that's going to give that, uh, going to get a hiding. Um, perfect. So, brings us to our close for this week. Uh, also, have to do is thanks to my two guests. First of all, Graham, good to have you back. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, Mason. Cheers, listeners. And a solid debut for Mason. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. No, thanks for having me. Thanks, boys. Really enjoyed it. And thank you to everyone listening. As always, take care. We are the people. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.